Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Food Court, a production of iHeartRadio. This is Food Court with Richard Blaze. That's me. I've been a chef and a judge all over TV, and now I'm here judging even your opinions. It's true. Nothing is safe from my judgment. This is season two of the Food Court, and season one was an unexpectedly wild ride when California and the nation and most of the world shut down in the middle of recording our premiere season. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we figured out how to take food court into our homes and into your hearts. Much like actual court, the food court also can exist over Zoom. The future is now. It is here. And the big, big news for season two, the food court has its own Instagram. You can go there to argue about things. You can vote on the topics and more at foodcourtpod.com. Over on the Insta, which brings me to today's debate. We couldn't have this debate in the studio because my guests today, they live on opposite coasts. We have the creator and host of the Sporkful podcast. It's Dan Pashman. Hey, Richard. (laughs) What is going on, Dan? If the Supreme Court can hear cases over Zoom, I think you can too. (laughs) It it works. It works. And thank you for letting me do the air horn. I'm I'm, I'm responsible for, I don't know, Crystal, what is it? 70% of our props. You're you're a hockey fan. You're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I love love the air horn and I love homemade sound effects. I'm a big proponent of that. (laughs) There we go. And here to tell Dan that he's absolutely wrong. Maybe about everything is his longtime friend, chef and restaurateur, cookbook author and host of Good Food on NPR's KCRW 
It's Evan Kleiman. Hello. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Hello, Richard. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Hey, Evan. Hey. Look at this. Now, I'm sensing, and I already know, that there's, uh, there's a friendship here. How long have you known each other? Oh, geez. I mean, I think we first met when I was in L.A., probably when my book came out, and I was on your show, Evan. Yes. That was probably like 2014. Yeah. Maybe even before that. Yeah. But, but definitely, yeah. We always argued right from the beginning. Yeah, we we had a big argument over whether burritos are wraps, and that you know that you know kept us kept us going for a couple of years. <laughs> it still lives. Well, it I, still I, lives on in Twitter occasionally. It re-erupts. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's it's bonus content, but let's hear it. Is a burrito a wrap? Oh, I don't think we can get into that. That requires way too much time. Uh, so I'm assuming you're saying no. I'm I'm saying no. Of course, I'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I say a burrito is a wrap. Evan doesn't like this connection because she is very protective of burritos, which I understand and respect. But, you know, she hears the word wrap and she thinks of like an airport sandwich wrap, which is garbage. But, you know, I just think of a wrap as a, as a, as a word that describes a structure, a way of bringing ingredients together. So if you have a flour tortilla and you put stuff in it and wrap it up, it's a wrap. It could be a burrito. It could be Peking duck. It could be a crappy airport sandwich wrap. It's still a wrap. You're so delusional. First of all, yeah, Dan, Dan and Evan getting into it already. And Dan, listen, uh, this this court's a little weird. I'm already going to dock you two points for disparaging airport cuisine in general. I miss traveling. This is my court, and that's how we're going to start things off. You're you're down a half a point at least. Ooh, ouch! All right, I'll watch. We're, we're actually we're actually being being awarded points. There, there's, there's points. Whether or not they get added up is something we're still trying to figure out. This is an odd court of sorts. Good to know. But I miss travel. You said airports twice. That made me sad, and I'm docking Dan for that. Now, listen, producer Crystal tells me that both of you have been working on a very special project for the new season of The Sporkful. What can you tell our listeners about this special treat they're going to hear soon? Well, so on The Sporkful podcast, we are setting out on the kind of the craziest, most ambitious thing we've ever done. I'm setting out on a quest to invent a new pasta shape and to actually get it made and actually sell it. And my friend Evan here has been a, a crucial contributor. She's acting in the role of my pasta fairy godmother and spiritual advisor, helping to guide me as I go on this very intense quest that I've been working on for literally years. Wow. Like, I mean, you, you know, listen, my, my, my script says, wow. So like, I have to say that, but truly literally like, wow, like from a cook's perspective and from someone who is a fan of, you know, everything pasta and noodles in general to, to develop your own shape. It is something that you don't see outside of like the kids space, I feel like, and I'm sure you're going to tackle all that sort of stuff. Yes, you're right. There are not very many new pasta shapes invented these days, but I, I, I feel like I, I set out thinking that like there, there's got to be a great shape out there, and I don't want a gimmick shape. I don't want a SpongeBob shape or a spork because my podcast is the Sporkful. Ooh. I want to make a legitimately great shape that will stand the test Ooh. of time, and it's taken many years, but the, the goal is that this multi-part podcast series will culminate with the actual launch and on sale of this new shape. I love it. Now, listen, I don't want to spoil any part of this amazing series, but do you cover the pasta shape that was designed by the maker of the DeLorean? Is it, there's there's a story that I know of where it's like someone did try to like event like a really cool what shape. What a bad think, shape that was. Are you <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about uh, Giugetto Giugiari? Mm, I perhaps. I'm, I think like it's like a, a was it a, like a wavy shape with like a cylinder on it? Uh, he was yes, he was a famous auto, Italian automobile designer. He worked on Ferraris. He worked on a bunch of cars. And yes, his shape was not good. Evan is correct. 
I also, I, I, we didn't get into that one in the series, but we did talk a bit about uh, another famous gimmick shape that was designed by the great designer Philippe Stark. They think because they can design a car or a, a, a coffee table that they can design a pasta shape, but it's not always the same. They're not eaters. Yeah, no one wants, Yeah, mm-hmm, not eaters. No one wants genital-shaped pasta. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that pasta that's sold in southern Italy. You're both so knowledgeable. Now, Dan, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know your show is all about eating, and I get it. I love to eat. I've been on your show. What's one of the most delicious things that you've ever eaten? And if that's too hard, what's the most delicious thing you've eaten during this global pandemic? I mean... All right, I'll give you two quick answers. Number one, I love flour tortillas and and all variations of anything resembling a flour tortilla. I will wrap anything in a flour tortilla and love it. I eat probably a flour tortilla every other day with something inside it. It could just be whatever's left over in the fridge, anything. So that's really like my, I've come to realize that that's my number one favorite food in the world. In terms of best meal of the pandemic, you know, I think like a lot of folks, I started off with a full head of steam. Like I'm going to cook a lot. I have more time. I'm at home. I'm going to get into cooking. I'm going to cook all the big project dishes that I never had time for. And that was fun for like 15 minutes. And then I got burnt out both on cooking that much and on my own cooking in general. And there was a long sort of dry spell. And finally, over the summer, when the cases went down and it got safer to go places, I went to my favorite Indian restaurant here on Long Island, where I live now, Richard, not far from where you grew up. I went to Hicksville, Mm -hmm. where there's a cluster of great South Asian restaurants. And I got like eight different entrees and brought them all home. I had just been desperately needing different flavors and missing this restaurant, took them home and opened up the containers. And that first bite of dosa, oh my God, it just scratched me right where I itched. I needed that. Unbelievable. A couple of things real quick. Thank you for sharing that. One, whatever you're putting in the flour tortillas, please do not call it a wrap. (laughs) And thank you. Thank you, Richard. The second thing would be, you're, you're welcome, Evan. And the second thing would be, this Indian restaurant in Hicksville, was there a picture of Billy Joel on the wall in this restaurant? <laughs> no. I mean, you're right that that uh, a picture of Billy Joel in uh, a Long Island restaurant is kind of like a picture of the Pope in an Italian restaurant, but not in the Indian restaurant so much. Uh, he was probably playing on the soundtrack. I mean, it, it, you don't really feel like you're on Long Island until you hear Billy Joel echoing through the halls. Quick sidebar, this will never make the cut, but <laughs> at some point in the pandemic, my mother-in-law, out of nowhere, we're sitting around like watching a movie, and she's like... I went on a date with Billy Joel once. And we were like, what? Record scratch. <laughs> what? What else is she and, hiding? And, and like, what exactly? What else is she hiding? Like, that's big news. <laughs> Not only did she go on a date, but I, I think he made like linguine and clam <gasps> for her on this date. And I was like, wow, legend. Wow. And when I say legend, my mother-in-law. That's what, that's... <laughs> Evan, now listen, what about you? I've read that you've been called, and I love this, the fairy godmother of the L.A. food scene. How did you get that revered distinction? Longevity. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, I've been doing my show for, I think, around 22, 23 years now. And although, you know, since the advent of podcasting, uh, we have listeners all over the world, it airs on on a radio station in Southern California. And so a lot of our, not a lot, but a fair amount of our content is L.A. based. And we have such a huge food scene here from which to pull. So I think that people just think of me as, you know, one of the nodes around which things turn. What can I say? Mm, I agree. Like I, there's, there's, a, there's a sense of like, almost I want to say in a good way, 
intimidation around you, Evan. That's like, insane. You, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy. What's your favorite thing to eat in L.A.? And I'll give you, like, Dan, the option of saying recently or within this last year. It's funny. I never knew that Dan was a flour tortilla freak. I should say that last week I cracked the making flour tortillas at home thing through a video on TikTok. And I've already made the recipe three times and given it to friends. It's unbelievable. I will share it with you, Dan. It will change your life. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about this. And it involves cream cheese. Really? Which is like unexpected and weird, but oh, my God, they're so good. So I grew up here in L.A. I'm a native, and so Mexican food has always been my default since I was a little girl. And so if you give me tortillas, whether corn or flour, beans, and some chile, I'm like a happy person. I'm a very happy person. But like Dan, I had the intention of like many of my colleagues, so I saw them just go into overdrive of cooking and doing videos and pushing out all of this amazing content. And all I wanted to do was sit in a corner and cry. I'm like, where did I get all this energy? (laughs) But I do have to say that I've become so sick of my own food so deeply sick of it, and even sicker of the dishes. So for me, the greatest meal I've had so far was a young friend who's a chef called me up one day and says, do you want me to deliver some food to you? And I'm like, oh, please, oh, please. (laughs) And it came and it was just straight ahead, unbelievably delicious, seasonal food. You know, a protein, like three different kinds of veg dishes, a salad, and unbelievable ice cream. And I was just, my taste buds were so grateful. It was Mm. just so good to have somebody else's food. It's like, you know when you go over to somebody's house and their salad dressing is always better, and then you ask them for the recipe and it's like the box of good seasons or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) We're all sick of our own food. That's what we're all saying right now. And we're all, you know, we know restaurants, we live in restaurants, I run restaurants, but you're right, every household has realized how difficult it is to run a restaurant that serves three to five meals a day during the last year. So we're all ready to get out. Now, listen, Dan, it's time. It's time to tell us the case that you've brought to the food court today in one sentence or so. What do you got for us? Well, Richard, I think I can tell it to you in about two words. Spaghetti sucks. (laughs) Oh, He's delusional. He's delusional. And I want to argue in favor of Mafalda, which I believe is a vastly superior shape. So spaghetti sucks. Mafalda is the superior pasta shape. Dan, that is a hot take. If I have ever heard a hot take here (laughs) on Food Court. Way to kick off season two. Now, Evan, you're here to support what? Spaghetti. The R shape. (laughs) The shape that began all of pasta in the history of the world. We're going to get into the arguments today. This is a real high-low debate. Dan, you know spaghetti is like really, really popular, right? I mean, a lot of things are popular, Richard. I'm not going to argue Evan's point that spaghetti is culturally significant. Yeah, no, Dan, I'm not asking you to get into your argument. I'm just asking you a yes or no. Do you know it's really popular? Yes, I'm aware that it's very popular, but that doesn't make it good. Dan, are you aware that in most of my restaurants there is a spaghetti on the menu? I was not aware of that. (laughs) 
but you know, okay. Richard, uh, Dan, Dan, just want to follow, just to follow up. Yeah. No, no pressure uh, here. I, yeah, you know, no, I, I just want to follow up in, in all of my cookbooks, there is a spaghetti recipe. Well, maybe the next cookbook I'll have a better pasta in it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there we go. All right. Now, listen, I, I say that jokingly as a chef, I have my own thoughts, of course, but as always, I turn those off and base today's judgments only on the arguments that our guests have. But before we get to the official arguments, I like to have a quick round of trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. <laughs> That's our new echo machine for season two. That's good. You must have gotten an uh, increase in the budget Very to get that. Very sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it says on my script, it says, do it like an echo. <laughs> producer Crystal making things happen. That's why we have real television producers yeah. running the show here. Okay, so listen, while we're continuing to record from 3,000 miles apart, the only prize I can give you is the power to decide who presents their argument first. I already know Dan's argument. Okay, so it does not matter to Evan. <laughs> and to uh, determine who's ringing in first, our guests, of course, have to come up with their own sound effects when we're doing this virtually. Evan, what is the sound that you've come up with? I am simulating my cat eating from its dish. As someone who just rescued a cat, right on. Like, I hear that. I, this I'm happens that. every every time I record my show. Oh, my God, it happens with my pets, too. Every time I sit down to do it, like, literally right before you all jumped on the Zoom, my dog came over here and was like, this is the time where I drink three gallons of water from my bowl. <laughs> Dan, what sound effect have you picked out? I have a pair of my kids' scissors and one of their decks of cards, and I shall bang them together to go like this. Okay, so Dan just making use of whatever's literally in front of him in this moment. <laughs> I, I love it. And away we go. Time to get into it. Question one. Italy consumes the most pasta in the world. Duh. But what country consumes the second most pasta? Dan. I'm going to go with the United States of America. That is a really good guess, Dan, and you are wrong. Oh, ouch. That is a really, really, I would say that is a really good educated guess. The answer is Tunisia. What? In really? Fact, is this total yeah, or per capita? I'm, 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 yeah, I was going to say Argentina. Does, th does this get us to the question is couscous a pasta? Well, couscous is actually a pasta, but I think if you're, if you're declaring it a pasta in answer to that trivia question, I think that's bogus. <laughs> Evan, you got you you get the point for this one. So let's not argue this too much, okay? <laughs> but 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 clearly we got the right debaters in the house here. They're they're ready to go. That fact comes to us from FSR magazine, which tech which I guess is a magazine. And Tunisians uh, consume about 17 kilos per person every year. That's 37 pounds. Fun facts coming to you on Food Court. All right, question 2. Wow. Where was mozzarella cheese? Invented. Our guests thinking long and hard. That oh. was Evan. Evan's Evan, in. Evan got. I don't know. I'm I'm almost embarrassed because if I get this wrong, I will never live it down. But I would say. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> I would say Puglia. Oh well, listen. I am going to give you. I'm going to give you credit for this, Evan. The correct answer is actually Naples, Italy. But I'm going to the answer is Italy, and you're, you're going to get the point. Oh, well, I could have said that. Well, you could have, Dan, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Legend has it that mozzarella <laughs> was first made when cheese curds accidentally fell into a pail of hot water in a cheese factory near Naples. This is one of those stories where is it just legend or is it something that actually happened? Right. But I'm glad it happened. Regardless, mozzarella cheese. How can you live without the stretchy mozzarella cheese? Oh, my God. I had a pound of fresh mozzarella for dinner the other night. That was my dinners. Half a loaf of bread and a pound of mozzarella. Quarantine. That sounds divine. Exactly. It was, I was fantastic. Like, quarantine at its best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, listen, that means that Evan has the first two answers. So it's two to zero. Good thing in this court, the food court, question three is worth three points. So, Dan, you can take Ooh. this home with okay. answer three. Question three. The most important question. And this is one that we all think about all the time, especially in lots of parts of this country. What's the most popular pasta at the Olive Garden? The most popular pasta dish, not shape. That is going to be Evan. Alfredo. Ooh. The answer is actually fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> oh, man. Evan climbing, tapping She's into, good. you know. You know, noodles with ranch dressing, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever is happening at the Olive Garden, fettuccine Alfredo. But we all know, and I say we all know, I'm pr producer Crystal knows, it's, it's still the uh, unlimited salad and breadsticks that get us going to the Olive Garden. I actually went to my first Olive Garden in Naples, Florida. I've never been to the Olive Garden. I, 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 that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have you on the sporkful as my Italian food expert, Evan. I'm going to have to rethink that whole approach. Like, I, Evan, I feel like that was so on brand that, like, I'm, I'm glad you jumped in on that one. That had to be. Okay. That does mean that, Evan, you are the winner of our trivia round. You get to make the big decision. Do you want to present your argument first or second? Oh, I think I should go second. I think Dan the man should present first. Okay, there we go. Dan, the man, will be presenting right. his case that spaghetti sucks and Mafalda is the pasta shape that rules. But before we get into that, let's take a quick break. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
To recap today in the food court, we have a pasta shaped debate with the humble spaghetti taking on the fancier wide ribbon pasta Mafalda. The way this works is that each of you will have three minutes to state your case during this three minutes. You need to lay out your case and not focus on your opponents. This isn't your time to go negative or low. That comes later. Do we understand contestants? Yes, your honor. Yes. After you both lay out your cases, you'll get a two-minute rebuttal to go as negative as you want to go. I will gavel you if I hear it going negative in that first round. Here we go. Dan, your time starts now. So first, if people don't know it, let me describe Mafalda, also known as Mafaldina, briefly. Picture a long, flat noodle like a fettuccine, except with ruffles running down both edges, the length of the pasta. It's a long pasta, long and flat, ruffles down the edges. You can wrap it around your fork and get a big bite that you can really sink your teeth into. It's very tooth sinkable, as I like to say. But the ruffles, there are not very many pastas with ruffles on them. You think of lasagna, but you can't wrap a lasagna around your fork. Mafaldina, those ruffles are a huge factor. They, they do everything you want pasta to do. They add a new texture that's fun and playful in your mouth that's different from just a plain old flat pasta. They also gather sauce within them. They increase what I call sauceability. You know, I, I have identified three metrics, Richard, by which I believe all pasta shapes should be judged. There's forkability, how well does it stay on your fork? Sauceability, how well does sauce adhere to it? And tooth sinkability, how well, how how satisfying is it to sink your teeth into it? And Mafalda rates very highly on all three of these. You can wrap it around your fork and it'll stay there. The ruffles add a playful texture in your mouth. The thickness is tooth sinkable, and they also the ruffles and the 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 pool in the middle of the ruffles gathers a lot of sauce. And also because it enters your mouth in different angles at different times, those ruffles are different. So a different different bites of a plate of mafalda will have different experiences, which is one of the problems with a lot of shapes is that they they become a one note song halfway through the bowl. Mafalda is always opening up new experiences to you as you eat it. It's not so easy to find. It's not one of the well-known ones, but it was a huge inspiration in my own quest to invent a new pasta shape, and I think it's one of the best shapes out there. Dan Pashman coming in under the bell, which is a wine glass that I got for my wedding. So whoever gave this to us, thank you, because we haven't had much wine from it, but it's working out quite well here in quarantine. You know, Sometimes you know you don't need all your time. I mean, I think that I think it's I think I think this is such an open and shut case that I'm going to leave a minute on the court. I'm you know that's how that's how confident I am that Mafalda is superior. I love it now. Not that I've been watching any sort of things happening in our Congress, but would you like to yield your minute, Dan, to Evan? Yes, I I yield to the gentlewoman from California. There we go, Evan. Now getting extra time. <laughs> Thank if you, she sir. Needs it. I don't you, think sir. she does. Evan, are you ready for your three minutes? I'm ready. Your time starts. Now, I have to agree with my learned opponent that mafalda is a delicious shape. I use it a lot. I use it in soups. But for what we call pasta chuta or dressed pasta in a bowl, often with a tomato sauce, I have to go with spaghetti. And I don't think that spaghetti is as popular as it is dwarfing every other shape um, in terms of the amount of production and the amount consumed all over the world, just because it's the oldest shape and the most deeply wedded to culture. No, that's not the reason. I would say that it's because spaghetti is the ultimate utility shape. When you are hungry and you don't want to take a ton of time and you want to make one of those sauces that you can make in a pan really quick and in the same amount of time boil those noodles and dress them, there is nothing that goes from pot to your mouth 
that has the highest amount of reward and least amount of work than spaghetti. And it is precisely because they are these strings, these long strings that after they're in the, in the water and you drain them and you put them into the sauce in the pan, there is so much surface area for them to absorb sauce. So as you're twirling those noodles around your fork, what you have is a single ingredient. You have this long starch that has absorbed, let's just say, tomato sauce with olive oil and garlic. And as you put each thing into your mouth, it's a symphony of synchronicity. Ringing the bell just because I felt like the poetry was at a correct moment to do that. Evan, I'm, I, rarely do I do this in my own court, but I'm actually asking permission to ring the bell. Is it, is it okay? Are you done with your argument? It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the beginning, yes. Done with the beginning. I will say this. First of all, who is excited about this new series that you are both doing together? Because what chemistry you have. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, I mean, Dan, you said the word metrics. I mean, your sauceability and forkability and tooth sink ability, which is clearly a word you created. There's, there's, <laughs> there's science, there's metrics, there's ah, this sort of pop culture aspect to your argument. And Evan, it's, pu it's pure poetry on your end. I mean, rarely do I hear an argument, Evan, where my stomach growls in the middle of it, surface area. You got science in there, too. It is a tight debate right now, neck to neck. This is toe. This is, this is close. This is, this is an angel hair's width in the first round here. <laughs> All right, that means, Dan, you will have now two minutes for your rebuttal. Your two minutes starts now. I don't think that anything that Evan said about spaghetti is not also true just about every other pasta shape. I mean, yes, spaghetti has a lot of romanticism. It's For many of us, we grew up eating it as kids. And yes, it's a classic shape, an iconic shape. It has importance in our culture. But is it really that great to eat it? It's round on the outside, which means it has low surface area in relation to volume, which means it does not hold a lot of sauce. Not very much of it contacts your teeth. Every bite of it is just about the same, which means once you're halfway through a bowl, you're kind of... You, you're done. Like you've had that experience. It's, it becomes a one-note song. Is it? Is it so much harder to throw any other good shape into a pot of boiling water and cook it? Maybe maybe mafalda takes ten minutes and spaghetti takes nine. But beyond that, it's the same process. You know, like I, I just you know, I any uh, the the greatest pasta shapes do something that none of the other shapes can do, or that very few other shapes can do. And besides, remind you of your childhood when you didn't really know anything about what good pasta was. I'm not really sure what spaghetti can do. Mafalda is like this, it's like this, it, you keep going deeper and deeper in and you keep experiencing new facets. It's constantly revealing new sides of itself to you and it's so incredibly rewarding and satisfying to eat. It's the kind of thing you could eat five bowls of it and still be finding something new to love about it. And I just don't think you ever had that kind of experience with a bowl of spaghetti. So you were telling me that there's no difference between spaghetti and fusilli, as an example. It acts well, no, the well, same in a pan. No, the, the, of course, there's there's a difference in the eating. I'm just saying e e Evan's case was based upon the idea that, like, when you just want pasta right now, throw some spaghetti in and you'll have pasta right now. But, like, that's true of just about every pasta. Gaveling you down there, Dan Pashman, for the first time. <laughs> Time is up, Dan Pashman, making the case that spaghetti is no different than uh, whole wheat penne. 
Or if you see <laughs> or uh, those Your cartoon Honor, characters. Your I don't think fosters. that's what I said. <laughs> right, that's what I heard. That's what I heard, and it's my court. It is time for Evan Kleiman now for her response, her rebuttal. Evan, you ready to go? Your time starts now. Thank you, Richard, for um, starting off my argument for me. I really appreciate that. So we basically have two long shapes competing against one another. Mafaldi does have the ability of being able to be broken in pieces, which all pasta, of course, can be, but it's done um, more frequently, I think, with Mafaldi, which gives it a bit more utility. But I would have to ask Dan how he cooks his pasta if he thinks that spaghetti doesn't absorb sauce and, and doesn't have porosity, either how he cooks his sauce or what kind of really bad low-rent spaghetti he's been eating. The kind that I like to eat, he calls it fancy. It's not fancy. It's just made in the more old-fashioned way, where it's not extruded in dyes that have been coated with Teflon, giving them a super slippery surface, but rather a bronze dye, which allows all these little minuscule nicks to happen along the edge of the pasta, which gives it a great deal of surface that allows it to absorb all of that delicious sauce. Now, I have to say that when I am going to eat pasta, do I always turn to spaghetti? No, but I do turn to spaghetti in particular moments. And there are moments where I don't have a lot of stuff in my sauce and, and the sauce tends to be a bit smoother or lighter. So for example, seafood sauces maybe, or a typical tomato sauce. Whereas Mafalda, let's call them what they are. They're belts with a ruffle on them. People talk about the messiness of bucatini. As you wrap it around your fork, Mafalda, you're insane. They go flying all over the Time place. Is done, Evan, with clearly shots fired. Let's <laughs> call them what they are. They're belts, which reminds me of a conversation I had with Jasmine Blaze this morning. Do people still wear belts? I still wear a belt, but my wife is telling me that belts are not a fashion thing anymore. How else do you hold your pants up? Th this is I, this is what I'm. You yeah, wear a I mean, belt in quarantine? Exactly. I will say also, Dan. I don't know if you heard it, but as a fellow Long Islander, Strong Islander, where are you buying your low rent spaghetti? I took that as a clear <laughs> shot at Long Island and New Jersey. Yeah. 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 Who knew that there was that side? The side of both of you. Shots fired. Unbelievable. <laughs> we have a lot to figure out today. I have a lot to mull over in my red wine with all of these spices. So please sit in silence if you can. You may not be able to while I go to my chambers and gather my thoughts. And when I come back, we will have a verdict. Before that, let's take a quick break. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Mount Park! Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Okay, we are back, and I have had a chance to think about it over in my chambers, which is just off screen here. But before I give my final verdict, which I feel like I have, I'm pretty firm in my decision, this is a chance for you to have your last comments. You can have up to a minute if you'd like. And I do have one question. Dan, if you can start with your minute, why isn't Mafalda more popular? Some people have never even heard of it. Well, I mean— I hadn't heard of it until somewhat recently, until I started doing research for my pasta project. It is a more obscure shape, although you can order it online and have it delivered to your house, you know, wherever you live. That's how I often get it. It's not more popular because it's harder to make. Spaghetti is so easy to make. It's just a tube. You can make it with a Play-Doh factory. It's not difficult. And, like, yes, it has a rough surface if you extrude it through a bronze die. That's also true with every other pasta shape extruded through a bronze die. That's not unique to spaghetti. I get Mafalda extruded through a bronze die, and it's got the rough surface plus the ruffles. It's harder to make because making ruffles is hard. You extrude pasta through a die. It is like the Play-Doh factory in principle. And to get the ruffles to be even and just right requires some skill. You know, like any dummy can push pasta through it pasta dough through a tube so it's harder to find because it's it's harder to make that's not true uh, up up across talk cross talk is welcome but so dan is that is that your final say there? that's my final say i think mafalda is really special amazing evan do you have anything else for me to hear before i deliver my verdict yeah i i just would like to rebut what dan just said in that once you have a die made the pasta is pretty easy to make. You're just running the dough through the dye. And the reason it, you know, people haven't found it is because it's not popular. I mean, you know, as we found with the great Bucatini shortage earlier in this quarantine, pasta makers make whatever is more popular. People want spaghetti and they will be delivered spaghetti in quantity. Mm, there we go. Evan just letting us know that spaghetti is the people's pasta shape, perhaps. Who knew? I didn't realize we were in a great bucatini shortage of 2020, but you know, the, the sour, I know flour. Yeah. I know, well, and that makes sense. If we're out of flour, we're, we're potentially out of pasta. Isn't that true? All right. So here we go. I have thought long and hard about this, roughly, uh, roughly Ooh. 47 seconds, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> No noodling around in my courts. And to just get this out of the way, I wrote all of those lines right there. It's got to be a team because Crystal does all the work here when it comes to the writing of the show. But there were just so many points thrown down in this argument. Dan arguing for Mafalda. It's really all about the ruffles. He broke down metrics. I mean, we're talking about fork ability, sauce ability, and tooth sink ability. And really just also poetically letting us know that Mafalda... It's an experience. It's it's an experience. It's not Jimi Hendrix experience. It's the Mafalda experience with Dan Pashman. Evan Kleiman, on the other hand, wedding spaghetti to culture, literally in her commentary, the ultimate utility shape of pasta. And then really rebutting the fact that 
the ruffles on Mafalda can be combated by spaghetti shape using the brass die on an extruder. Two incredible arguments. But here in food court, I have made a decision, and my verdict is in. The winner of the great debate, Mafalda versus Spaghetti, Dan versus Evan. The winner is... It's Evan. I, I thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Judge. I I accept your decision, but I also bow to the absolute truth of everything Dan said, except for the negative parts. And I will just say on his behalf that if you've ne if you're listening to this and you've never had Mafalde, do it. I love it, Evan. And you're right. Dan's commentary about wrapping, you know, Mafalde being lasagna, you can wrap around a fork is absolutely there. This verdict was very close. A lot of it does come down to, I think, the popularity of spaghetti. And Evan, you really sold me on the, the sauceability of a good spaghetti dish. But I want to eat Dan Pashman's Mafalde as well. We have to get into it. There you have it. Thank you so much for listening to Food Court. I am Richard Blaze, and I've been your judge. Thank you so much for being here. You need to listen to the Sporkful podcast to follow your pasta journey and see how this whole thing ends. I know I can't wait, truly, after this, especially the five-part series, Mission Impossible, ends with a grand finale, so you don't want to miss it. You can find Evan on Instagram at KCRW Evan and on Twitter at Evan Kleiman. Of course, you can also find her hosting Good Food on KCRW. For more, Dan, you can listen to the Sporkful podcast and at the Sporkful on Instagram. What do you think, everyone? Did you have fun at the food court? Will you come back? <laughs> I would argue I'll, with I'll Dan I'll hang out with Evan anywhere. as uh, friends or adversaries. <laughs> and uh, congratulations, Evan. It, you made a very good case. And thank you, Judge, for, uh, for having us in your court. Just so respectable. Listen, audience, what do you think? I know 50% of you think I got this one totally wrong. Well, what's your favorite pasta shape? What's your least favorite shape? You can find me across social media at Richard Blaze or on TikTok at Richard Blaze Official and the show on Instagram at Food Court Pod. So let us know what you think. Food Court is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Bamahi. Food Court was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are David Wasserman and Jasmine Blaze. The theme song is by Jason Neesmith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Food Court with Richard Blaze. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.